Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art, but I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience, so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm-to-table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see it's the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forge Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit forgedeatery.com. Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thank you for listening, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. Today, we are back for a second round as we delve into my guest's new book, 1323. And we have a conversation capturing the essence of activism and art in Baltimore through the eye of an award-winning photojournalist. Please welcome J.M. Giordano. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for for coming on. Thank you for making the time. Um, and uh, you know, welcome back. Actually, this is the second time we've been able to. I think be- second time, yeah, second time. So, um, you know, and thinking that that first interview because you know I went back through the old questions to mm-hmm. make sure I'm not asking those questions again. Um, so, in our previous discussion, you you shared a bit about your your influences in photography, and you know, it's been a little while since we've last talked. So, you know, I think. A lot of times our creative work continues to evolve. We encounter new things that kind of, you know, interest us in different ways. I know that I've been influenced um, in different ways in doing this podcast over the years. Mm-hmm. Have there been any new inspirations that have shaped your most recent work? I, I see um, A Wound That Never Heals and I see uh, 1323. So can you talk a bit about that? Well, yeah, there. I mean, so the, you know, the, the wound work that, you know, 1323 kind of encapsulated everything that I've done on, on all those series is kind of coming together. Um, I mean, my, you know, my main, like photography wise, main influences, like a French photographer named Gilles Perez and an Italian photographer named, uh, Paolo Pellegrin, uh, who works specifically in black and white and really tell their stories in black and white. So, um, 
you know, there's there's no color photos in the book. Um, this is and like my like my last book. It's strictly black and white, which is what I mostly work in. Um, so those are the two big, you know, the two big influences um, on this. And and the difference like between this book and say the last one. This was you know a, a lot of collaborative effort. I mean, uh, there's three essays by activists, you know, anti-gun activists in the book. Um, Latrice Darnell and, and Tawanda Jones. Um, you know, Devin Allen edited it. Um, so, you know, it was more of a community effort to go through all these photos that I've taken in 10 years of, you know, starting in 2013 with, uh, well, then, I mean, you know, spike in, in um, gun violence and then the movements that came out of, like, literally came out of that year, that summer. Uh, all the way through until that are still going now. And and we're definitely going to tap back into that, explore a little bit deeper. But, you know, I think as far as um, an introductory and a primer, I think that's going to be right. be really good for folks to to listen to. Um, so I want to step back a little bit. And, you know, you wear multiple hats, uh, you know, teacher, photojournalist, photographer, artist, all, all of these things. And usually when I see you, except for now, you're wearing a hat. I've always seen you wear a hat. <laughs> Yeah, I just got my haircut. I got my haircut for the podcast. So I did too yesterday. Oh, um, I wanted to show it all. I didn't want to say anything. It, it was getting long, you know. Rob was getting long. So, <laughs> so, so, in specifically in the sort of education side of things, and because we both kind of share that now, mm-hmm. um, how you know do you gather any perspective from like you know students like that you're you're working with um, in, in the um, you know the academic side, the the teacher side of things? Um, these are the new creative minds. Um, these are creative minds that are in in the city that are you know sort of maybe that next generation of photographers. Um, and photojournalists potentially that that you're working with and parting your knowledge on. Do you you know get any perspectives from them or just any energy from them that supports kind of like how you approach your work? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, I do actually. As a matter of fact, two of my students uh, made a couple of really good continuity or sequencing, um, uh, you know, critiques in the book, and I added two photos based on their opinions of how it should flow, and it clicked. So they have, I gave them acknowledgements in the front. Um, so, you know, again, again, you know, collaborative, right? Like I, I, I um, put this on two bulletin boards at the school. I teach at Baltimore School for the Arts. I put it on two bulletin boards outside of my room and went through about 15 iterations of it, moving pictures around, but always asking my students, what do you guys think of this? Is, you know, trying to give them also some hands-on learning about sequencing when they, you know, get to their books or get onto their bigger project. So, yeah, I mean, they, um, you know, they, they, they did have a voice somewhere in the, in the, in this process. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's great. And, and, you know, we're definitely going to tap back in on, uh, the collaborative nature of, of this book, because I mean, even invited me down, I'm just a guy with a microphone. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. If you want to take a look at it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. So, I, I'm, I'm a Libra. I can't decide on anything on my own. I got to ask like 25 people and get, you know, air sign gang that's just what it is that's what it is yeah, yeah, uh, definitely definitely so obviously and I, I didn't know this initially so you're you're a baltimore native i didn't know that i don't know why yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i'm baltimore native born and raised so, here so so baltimore obviously saying you know baltimore obviously has the these these different stories some that mm-hmm. have been told some that have been you know waiting to be retold rediscovered 
you know, can you talk about some of like your past projects, like uh, books, um, just approaches and arcs of photography or what have you, and like how they connect with uh, 1323 and sort of what are some other narratives that you might be interested in exploring um, in the future? And I know it's a two part question. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, each, you know, it's kind of, you know, if, if I get this next, there's a book coming after this. If this, if this does, this does all right. Um, the publisher I'm with now, they're going to, he said he would take a look at the the next idea, which will, will come out of this, which is the uprising. I want to do a book on the uprising. Um, you know, all, all these are kind of interlocking, right? Like, you know, we, we did the, we used to live at night book. Um, and my publisher in New York, she edited it down. Um, and, you know, th there are some scenes there, you know, there's some scenes outside of the clubs and things, nothing gratuitous or voyeuristic or exploitive by, you know, any stretch. But th there is this like sinew, there is this tie in between that book and this book with everything happening at night. Um, and then that's going to go through the next book, which is the the uprising book that I hope to do. So. Uh, so yeah, there, there's going to be a thread between these three, you know, these these three books. It'd be like it'll be like a trilogy almost. I like to call it a trilogy, if I could. So, um, and then the second part of the question was, I'm sorry, <laughs> I got, no, no, that that was I actually got lost in the first part. No, 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 that's that's fine. Like, um, so the I, I think you got the second part. Um, in as far as like what narratives, um, uh, what's that next narrative right. that you want to explore that you're curious to explore? Right. Um, I guess like, you know, um, and you actually, you've got both of them that I look at it, um, past okay. projects as well. Um, you know, so I think that that, I think we're solid on that. Yeah. That's, that's good. And in a trilogy, you know, that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, there are these stories that, as you know, I was saying earlier that we have a lot of different stories here and, you know, a lot of times that we get a piece of it, we don't get something that stretches such as, right. you know, 1323, like covering a decade, you know, right. we, we don't get things that are like right. that. And even extending like how, you know, if this, you know, trilogy comes to pass that right. we're going from sort of this 10 years and here's the impact and how it connects in these other areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, you know, I, I guess it's, kind of new I, mean, I, I didn't want to get too much into what the uprising book is but it is different it's not going to be just a picture book of the uprising it's um i'm hoping if it works out the way i want it to it's going to have a lot more depth to it than just uh just photos you know none of these books um maybe like maybe the maybe the nightlife book but you know at least at least these last two they, they're not supposed to be like coffee table oh what great photography type books there you know i try to make them a narrative yeah um on something and i i just realized you know um i guess about a, about a year ago going through all of my photos that you know these these groups ca came up after you know the the spike in violence in 2013 which was only i hate to say only but um you know we had two like 220 i think was our homicide rate for 2013 right uh that was up it was a spike from the previous year and that's what brought me out to to kind of to kind of focus on that and then i you know stuck with the activist groups that came out of that year so this is the year, you know, 
2014 is a year before the uprising, right? Before 2015. Yeah. So that was a big year for um, activism in the city. Um, of course, the uprising, you know, up the ante in activism in the city, and now it's kind of subsided. I think. Um, yeah. So. It's almost like looking at things of like, and, and I remember going through and, and seeing some of the images and the, the sort of sequencing that it's like the where are they at now, the who's who of folks that have been around in, in activism. And I think seeing people who have really been putting that work in, that sort of boots on the ground out there yeah. and, and pushing forth for, you know, sort of change and sort of right. awareness around um you know a lot of a lot of the things that have been happening you know um people outside of here if they don't have sort of those images and those reference points they they don't know what's happening and i remember you know during this sort of you know 10 year period you know you always do almost the morbid thing i would go on the websites and see like all right what's the murder rate at you know what are these yeah. numbers at and you know yeah. And because I'm a I'm a data analyst, I'm digging down like, all right, how much of that was gun violence? <laughs> right, right, right. It's, right. It's it's something to try to look at root cause and think through that. I'm like, why aren't people paying more attention to it? And then seeing people that are in very like sort of prominent roles, like you got the mayor, you, you, got, mm -hmm. you got Devin Allen out there, you got you got D Ray out, you got a lot of different folks that are out there that have been doing you know the the work and have like that track record. Right. So when they're speaking or being involved in this sort of collaborative nature in, in a book like this, it just it just rings true. It's not mm -hmm. those sort of overnight activisms that uh, activists that uh, Kendrick Lamar mentioned. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, it, it's definitely not that. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, it did subside. You know, I think the election of Trump had a lot to do with it. Um, and then when Biden was elected, it kind of it kind of died down. I mean, unfortunately, it died down. Um, and then COVID, you know, there, there, there's factors. Uh, a lot of the younger activists, um, you know, had kids or moved out of the city, you know, so there was that aspect. And they were leaders in the movement. You know, once you once you kind of lose your leaders, it's hard to get them back, you know, get that enthusiasm back. And I, I think that's a lot about what happened. But when it comes to the, you know, the anti-gun violence, um, you know, those like Baltimore Peace Movement, you know, Baltimore Safe Streets. Um, there's a new, there's a new movement, a new group that's just started um, by the mom of, of um, this kid that was killed a few weeks ago. And I just saw her on the news like two days ago. So it's, I don't, it was so quick, but I picked it up because she's starting, you know, a, a group of moms, which there had been, you know, um, a group of moms against gun violence in 2014. Um, she's starting one. So, so this, you know, that, that particular niche of activism is, is still here and still very, very powerful in the city. I mean, look at Tawanda, you know, 500, what 500th West Wednesday, you know, her brother was killed, you know, by the cops after being beat up, you know, by I me, mean, I have a witness testimony in the book. I was there the night that that happened. And I talked to someone who was at the scene who saw it all go down and, um, you know, her, her voice is in the book and Tawanda is still doing it for accountability. She's still out there every Wednesday, you know, trying to get police accountability for this. So that's, you know, that this, 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 like I said, this kind of niche of, of, of activists, they're still going strong. Yeah. So, so to touching back on that, that piece there, you know, a bit like being out there in, 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 you know, 
capturing the images of things that are that are happening and sort of the emotion and sort of those those charged moments, those you know person deep deeply personal moments, um, you know, such as the the Tyrone West uh, tragedy uh, comes with a significant weight of responsibility. How do you navigate that? Like in in your role as a, you know, documenting and doing the sort of photography and building out, you know, this this book, you know, from the the ethical and emotional complexities that are surrounding that, because I would imagine it's tough. It, it, I mean, it is, you know, and I'm white, you know, um, the white L, you know, um, but I, you know, I like I tell my students, you know, and even with documenting these scenes. Um, you need to be a human first and a photographer second. Mm. And also, you you know, it's like neighborhoods are like people's houses, their homes. You know, you're invited in. You know, someone says, "Don't take a picture." Don't take a picture. You know, a lot of a lot of photojournalists, white photojournalists, you know, always fall older, always fall back on that. Well, I have a right to be here. Blah blah blah. You know, and, and I I hate that. Um, you know, and also, you know, when it comes to navigating, like, especially with this book, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to make sure that there was a balance. Devin did too, you know, as the editor, we wanted to make sure there was a balance of, you know, what was happening, you know, the, 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 the gun violence rate, the activist response to that, and also the joy that goes on at these, a lot of the, um, activist events, you know, we need to have joy in there as well as this pain of what's going on, you know, two, three in the morning in a lot of the city. So, you know, ha- you know, getting the voices, getting the essays, having, you know, having people from the, the community come in to look at the book, you know, go over it, take a look at it, have their voices in there um, was very important, you know, um, because you know, when you fo- when you photograph violence or something like that, you know, and this is just me because I know there's a lot of photojournalists who don't do this. You know, um, it, it's not just being there. Like for instance, I, I was invited to a, f- a couple of funerals. Invited to um, the first one I went to for uh, Davon Akami, whose cousin I met, and she, I talked to her back when he was killed ten years ago, and in Park Heights. Um, and I met his aunt at the scene, you know, and she, she basically said to me, you know, you people, me and the media, you come here and, you know, you cover this and then we never see you again. You know, she's like, what what good is that? She's like, um, I want you to call me tomorrow. And I, so I, I said, yes, ma'am, you know, um, raised by a single mom. So I was like, yes, ma'am. It was like an order. You know, I was like, I'll call you tomorrow. So, you know, I, I, I called and I, I, I asked if he had passed and she said, yes. And she invited me. She's like, I, I, you know, the family talk. We'd like you to come to the funeral. And this is when I was with the city paper. So this was for, they, they knew it was for publication. You know, they knew it was publication. And, um, you know, she said, we want you, we want you to document for just, you know, the city paper thing. It's true. And, 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 uh, you know, I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm still good friends with D, his cousin, who was my liaison at, at, at Chatham Harris funeral home. I just, she's in the book. Um, and, I, you know, I, I check in with her probably once a year. We still talk, you know. So, you know, just doing that, strengthening the bond with me, you know, and her and, and her auntie, she passed away like four years ago, you know. So a lot of people who were there for the funeral aren't there. And, um, 
But when, when it comes to like picking the, the pictures and your deadline, you know, and also got chat to Andre Chung, uh, photographer. Um, I did a portfolio review with him just of this work, just of this work, because I wanted to get an opinion on sequencing and things like that. So, you know, we, we don't, there's nothing in there that's shown, you know what I mean? Like, you know, even, even with, you know, going to the funerals, you know, there's no, um, you know, there, there's no bodies, you know, there, there's nothing egregious. There's nothing that you know, I would hope would re-traumatize someone, you know, you can do a lot without, you know, a lot with less, you know, um, D came by and saw the book, you know, she, uh, she, she thought, you know, the whole section on, Davon, she, you know, she really appreciated that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you know it, it's hard to navigate, but but it you know has to be done. You know, I wasn't gonna even send this to the designer, or the publisher, until I had everyone that I thought should come and take a look at it, come take a look at it, and 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 say, oh okay, or try this, or why is that like that? You know, um, which I think so far, knock on wood, the reception has been pretty positive to it. Yeah. You know? Um, because people know that it, it hopefully it is coming from a place of, you know, showing, you know, that, you know, the, the reason we have some of the crime scenes and the investigative scenes in the book is because we need to show, I wanted to show, I say we, but I wanted to show what these activists are up against. You know, it, they're not just there with hands in the air and placards up, you know, there's a reason they're, they're fighting you know, they're being peacemakers in a very, you know, tough city to be a peacemaker in, you know? I mean, we lost um, Dante Barksdale, has two portraits in the book, and he was killed in an intervention, you yeah. know, six, seven months ago. So it's real. It's real. But he's, you know, it kind of turned into a memorial for him. He's in the book, yeah. you know? So he's not going to be forgotten for what he did. I mean, I, I hope. You know, I hope, but it's very important that he he was in there. You know, and the portraits of him, I think, are you know really nice. I think they're really really good. Devin put both of them in when he was editing. It was spread out. They're not they're not together, but they're spread out. You know, so uh, yeah. So that, that's how I kind of navigate. That was that was a long winded answer, man. Sorry. No, no, no. You're you're good. I, I think it adds depth and complexity. You know, to to the conversation, and a lot of times with you know, conversations like this around a specific project or a body of work, this is almost the director's commentary for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and the cool thing is it's kind of helping me with some of my questions is like answering other questions. So I've been putting in new questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah, talking. man. Yeah. Good. I got, I got nothing. I'm good. So the with the collaboration component with, you know, when there's collaboration, it makes me think of community sort of getting that that the, not, not the sign off, but sort of the input. Right. And right. providing an example there. Um, so being within the community, whether it's the sort of, you know, arts educators, whether it's the photojournalists, whether it's just in the artists and creative community here, could you speak on some of the the joy or the struggle in in, in that and being part of that as it relates to being a creative in Baltimore, you know, the joy or, or the struggle of doing what you do, but here in Baltimore. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, it, it weighs on you. And I, I try to, you know, I try to, uh, you know, 
impress upon my students the importance of being empathetic and compassionate. I mean, you know, with videos of all kinds of stuff, you know, everywhere all the time, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to make a case for empathy anymore, you know. Um, but I, I try to. I mean, as best I can do is try, you know, with teaching young, teaching high school students that, you know, just maybe they take like a small bit of that away with them. So I, I try that, you know. Um, you know, I, I do think in a city like this, like I don't I don't really teach, you know, say fine art stuff. I mean, you know, I teach from a social background. So hopefully they're like, you know, the, the photographers we learn about, you know, Gordon Park, we learn about the Kamanyi group. You know, um, we learn about Stokely Carmichael and relationship to the camera. And like, you know what I mean? Like real, you know, social kind of photography as opposed to like paint peeling and stuff like that, you know. Um, so I, I hope that that's getting through. And it's a challenge, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I hope I hope that I'm getting through to them okay. That's, that's, that's important. And compassion is, is huge. Like, uh, you know, I'm watching something or even from the vantage point that I have, it's like, it, it, it's like putting it through those filters. Does it pass this test? It's like, you want to, I had an interview recently that is it's coming out very soon where I had this question of, do I want to ask them this? There's a lot of controversy around this. And I was like, mm -hmm. people want to know this. Yeah. So it's like, all right. And I want to know this as well. So it's like, all right, let's put this sort of journalistic thing on it, but there's a way of going about it where, right. You ask someone in a really weird, sort of di overly direct way without any nuance to it, because we forget right. these days, um, they can shut down. And you don't mm -hmm. have anything. You don't even have the interview. But also, right. like, how do you balance sort hey, of how they respond to it? Um, they they kind of they kind of laughed about it a little bit and it was like, no, we're aware. And they gave us a, you know, gave me a good answer for for sort of the situation. But also it is the public facing answer too. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like yeah, you're going to ask me about this. I know I have to ask the question. You mentioned about gift cards, didn't you? Is it Sheila? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> but I, I will say this. Um, I'm the same guy that has asked developers about gentrification and how what are they doing around it? Yeah, no. I mean, but that's, you know, but, but those are the people, you know, they need to be held accountable. You know, they need to be held accountable for that, for what they're doing to a lot of the neighborhoods and buying up real estate and putting these gray and, you know, soulless boxes up for people to live in, you know, like they, 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 they need to, uh, you know, I, I was just, I was just driving around. I was kind of giving a tour to a, a pretty, pretty big Hollywood celebrity, um, who was working, um, with some, with a group of students in the city. And I was kind of her, not, not fixer. Cause, she, um, but we, we were driving around Hopkins, the, the hospital, and she was blown away at the, you know, all those row houses gone and they put up these like just soulless and not even real brick, you know, it's like, it's like that sheet brick, you know, it's not even real brick and she, you know, and she was just blown away by what these developers are doing to the city. So yeah, if, you know, get on them, man. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you want, and, and I think people take a lot of value out of what feels real. Yeah. You know, sort of, you know, we don't want to have the, um, fabricated facade thing it's just like have a real question have a real perspective plant your flags right. somewhere, and just like this is this is my standpoint on this particular topic and how do you want to go about addressing it and you know there have been times with that sort of pursuit of what's real and what's authentic and it, it, that there, there have been folks that are like hey can i be on here and it's just like 
I don't know. I don't know if that fits, you know, because yeah. it's a weird it's a weird track record or yeah. this is an, an ad um, to kind of right. help them maybe improve sort of that reputation that might fall yeah. into those sort of gentrification gray, you right. know, sort of buildings or it might not be it might be great for this platform potentially, but it's yeah. not good for what the goal of this platform is or even good for the city. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember having that that conversation with Corey McRae about this of like, mm. you know, you balance what's good for Baltimore versus what's great for Baltimore. Right. So let's um let's put let's put the art to the side for a second. You know, let's take a moment and put the art to the side for a second. Who are you as a person? You know, what is your creativity, um, creative uh, identity beyond your like work? Like, what are you into creatively? Like outside of photography, photo, all of that stuff. What are you into creatively? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, my my wife says like I need a hobby. I'm like, well, I take I take pictures. She said that's not a hobby. You know, like I need a hobby. I mean, I I, I read. I'm a I'm a comic book Star Wars nerd. You know, like vinyl drink <laughs> you know i mean it, but i mean it, you know, it, it's for me you know the photographs and all that um, it's all in you know i don't um i don't paint you know i don't have any other you know creative outlets other than you know teaching which i think you know putting together a syllabus and you know getting kids to look at different stuff and pull you know i have a you know i've, I've amassed a pretty big photo book collection in my classroom um you know, so I care about that. So that's, I mean, those two things, but I mean, you know, photography is it. I mean, it's, that's it. You know, I mean, if anybody gives a eulogy or something, they're not going to be like, oh, he was also a great painter. I mean, who gives a fuck? You know, like, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's a great answer. And, and I, 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 I do collect photo books. So I do have a, I do have a collection of photo books that I'm proud of. But again, that's photography, you know, so. There's a a part two to this. So, you know, we established earlier, like like me, you're you're native Baltimorean. Um, and I think like, you know, places shape us, right? Like, you know, whenever I travel to sort of those places for energy, I'm looking mm -hmm. for a piece of Baltimore if I go traveling, whether it's for a few weeks, month, what have you. Um, so has there been a place that you've traveled to for, you know, more than like a day trip or something like that, that has had an influence on you creatively or artistically? Like, hey, you know, you pull out the camera and you're like, that's really cool. I need to capture that. That's going to remind me of this situation and something interesting happens to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to blow your mind. I don't take cameras on vacation. <laughs> I take my phone on vacation. Um you know, I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a street photographer, right? I, I, I'm very project oriented. Like I, I hyper focus on a project or projects. So when I go away, um, I go away. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, go on vacation or you know, when I'm in California or in Europe, but I don't take my cameras with me. Yeah, any of them. Um, I might, I might take a film camera. Like we went to California. I took this vintage, went out for a wedding. I took this vintage fifties Kodak camera and got some pretty good color stuff. Um, and I mean that, that landscape inspired me to, to do, you know, I use expired film on this vintage camera. So like that, but I don't, I, when I go abroad, all the, all the gear stays here. Cause I like, I tell my students, if I can't take a good photo on my phone with the way phones are now, then I might as well pack it in. 
I hear you. That, that makes but sense. So, I mean, I'd rather have Google or whoever iPhone store my pictures than me have 25 hard drives of shit that I won't want in a year or so, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, big guy you put on Instagram, I get that dopamine rush. You know what I mean? Like, I got it all on my phone. I got it all on my phone. I don't need to bring out my big ass equipment, meaning I only have three bodies. I don't have a light kit or anything. Um, you know, I, I travel extremely light. But um, I mean, I did, you know, again, like when we last time we were in Europe, my wife's family is in Holland. You know, we, we took a, a road trip along the coast all the way up to by Scandinavia. And I did take my I did take one small film camera and got because it, the landscape was so dark and gray, which I like. Um, that I, I took some, you know, really, really good, like 3,200 speed, grainy black and white, but that's, that's all I'll take is my small film camera. I won't take a lot, a lot of stuff because I, I try not to bring all that with me. I try like to get away, you know, like we go camping in Atatik every year. And for the past two years, I've just been working my way through the Dune series, you know, like not even bringing photo books, just like trying something that's not photography. So. Yeah, you know, uh, I one of the things I was able to get. I'm looking at the, I have this uh, fanny pack. I, I'm a fanny pack guy. I have this fanny okay. pack yeah. that, that has. Um, I have a few uh, lavalier mics, and you know, they XLR lavalier mics, and this 32 uh, bit float. It's really small, like little box has two XLR ports. Mm -hmm. so if I feel inclined, it's like I encounter someone and I need to get an interview. That oh yeah, yeah. Most yeah. I'll bring with me, but. You know, bringing like I, I got a really small board now that I can put in a suitcase. I have yeah. no interest in bringing that on a flight with me. It's just another bag. You know, right. it's like what are we doing? So, you know, earlier this year, I went to New Orleans twice um, yeah. for interviews, and each time I bought either my small like uh, pod track, you know, for yeah. or input joint, yeah, or you know, the person had their own studio space. So I'm just coming right. with quote unquote the talent, and right. you know, we're we're making it happen. But those are those sort of rare, you know, instances and um, being able to travel light and be agile and kind of disconnect is, right. is important, you know, to I might write down an idea. I I'm not quite there with using the iPhone for audio. Audio is kind yeah. of weird on it. Um, but, you know, because I like having that XLR and I like being able to listen to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's um. I think it's cool to be able to use sort of that talent as you you're you were kind of touching on. I think with if I can't do it with this iPhone, then what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. And now like the 15s out, and that's even better. Camera. I have a, I have a 14 plus, so you know I try to get the best because I, I do use it as a camera. I mean, I you know I was out with my students today, and I don't like to sit on the bench while they're shooting. We, we go outside, and uh, you know I was taking pictures to show them after you know at the end of class, and I was doing it the same assignment I gave them, but she's my phone, you know, I don't have to have, it's, it's a lot of it is stories. Like, I mean, if I, you know, the trip to California, if I take, you know, my, my, you know, my big camera out, my car is, I mean, it's like a terabyte. What am I going to, it's just of, of what, of a road trip. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you just take it on my phone and be like, remember this? I mean, it's great. You know, so. There's, there's one last sort of real question that I have for you. And then I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Yeah, sure. So sort of the, the last one, it's, it's more of the kind of pinning everything together is as far as like final thoughts on uh, 1323. Um, I, I read that there's a beneficiary for the profits of the book. Could you could you speak a bit on that and sort of the uh, the mission of the organization? 
Sure. Um, so in, in pre-order, I want to put that, you know, if you order it through the, through the publisher's website or pre-order, um, all of my cut, 100% of my proceeds is going to benefit Baltimore Peace Movement. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I can't speak for the stores, so that's why I have to put that in there. It's, it's you know, the stores, because the stores, they're going to carry it, but they buy it in bulk and they buy 100 copies or something. You know what I mean? So, but but buying it from the website and pre-ordering it uh, through the website, my my cut is going directly to, I'm not going to see any of it. I don't want to see any of it. Uh, right to Baltimore Peace Movement. I think it's important because um, I don't think that as a photographer you should profit off of a subject matter that's very sensitive like this. I, I don't. I don't like that. I, I didn't take any profits from the nighttime book because it had some night scenes in it, and, you know, the crime scenes in it, and that went to Safe Streets. Um, we raised about two thousand dollars for Safe Streets. Um, so I'm I'm very big into into making sure that the you know the money goes to the right people who could really use it, you know. Um, so that's that's just going to benefit. And I mean, because you know Erica Bridgeford, you know Latrice Gant, they're they're you know Darnell, they, you know they're 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 featured in the book. You know, you know, like I said, Darnell and Latrice have essays in it. You know, Erica's got like at least four or five photos of her working in it. You know, so I thought that was a good organization to um, to give it to. You know, the city's not involved with them, so there's not like a bureaucratic thing. They're an independent organization. They need it. You know, they, they supply water and they have cookouts and all. You know, so there's there's money that, you know, is needed there for their ambassadors, they have their ambassador program. So, you know, hope, hopefully, you know, it'll make a little bit, you know, for uh, for peace movement. So. It's uh, art is activism yet again. Because that's a real sort of tangible way, like, you know, people talk about these different things, but when it comes to sort of, I, I, I describe it as substantive, you know, if yeah. I, I did this, this is what the purpose of it is for, and this is where the funds are going for it. And in these instances, this is, this shows the sort of the impact, all of the things that people say, but it's really, you know, putting it in a, the sort of right place as you, you touched on. Yeah. Thanks. That's cool. So, yeah. Um, so what I want to do in these these final moments, uh, you've done rapid fire with me before, I believe. And uh, so I got I got four before you. I've been adding them as we go along. OK, <laughs> uh, so and, and don't overthink these. Um, so here's the first one. In in one word, could you yes. describe the <laughs> in, in one word? Could you describe the best style of collaboration? Equality. What is your favorite day of the week? Thursday. OK. Um, what is the, the one song that really encapsulates you? Um, like if you had a theme song, if you will, like, you know, you're, you're a baseball guy. So, you know, it was yeah, just like, a, uh, walk that, on, a walk on song. Yeah. All right. That, this one threw me for a loop. Um, yeah, I got so, I mean, so many, man, like what's going on, you know, then don't believe the hype <laughs> uh, i mean there, there are there's yeah there's like i mean actually okay so uh, like like recently um okay i'm gonna say eric b and rakim's don't sweat the technique it's good it's good uh, i've been listening to like a lot of late 80s 90s hip-hop in the past couple of weeks and like rob bass and eric b and rakim they, they've been they've been in heavy rotation you know 
the the as they said in the I think the hip hop documentary, the Mercurial Aquarius. So I was like, yeah, let's do yeah, it. That, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So so here's the last one. Um, I, I have like I have like a, a what is it? Uh, I think it's um, was it Chuck Nice? <laughs> nice and smooth or <laughs> nice? Okay. It's like Dizzy Gillespie plays the sax. It's like yes, he does. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So here's here's the last one. Um, I, I've been playing with this, and I think, you know, and, and my partner's mentioned this as well. She's like, I'm just looking for like the tiny glasses and the big scarf. You know, like you're just going to these openings, and you have sort of a a fashion aesthetic. You know, for what you yeah. do. What is your fashion aesthetic? What is your like clothing like sense or fashion sense or what have you? Stale, pale, male. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I wear, I always wear a black T-shirt. I mean, because, I, you know, black and jeans, you know, it's to remain neutral. Like, I don't want to be looking good when you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even, I, I want to be in the background. I want to be doing my work. Um, I, I have my, my, my vintage 90s Oreo baseball hat that became a thing, Um one one of them I have I've had three. One of them is in the museum with my outfit from the uprising, um, with my my jacket, my my camera, my press pass, and my hat are all in the museum from Freddie Gray from the uprising. Um, when I got jumped on by the cops, they they took the whole outfit. The, the museum did. That's in the museum. So yeah, and and people know. I mean, it's also, you know, when you when I I try to wear the same things out so people know who I am, all the time. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, uh, back to the uprising. Um, I wanted to do a positive story, so I went to um, I went up to Gilmore and North North and Penn Penn North, and um, I wanted to you know photograph a lot of the churches and things that were going on after like the you know the Sunday after the curfew had been lifted, and every you know all the news trucks were gone, of course. But I, I I'm you know. At the paper, I'm like, you know, we, we have to do something to balance this out, right? So I, I had a suit on and tie, you know. I mean, it's church. I respect it. And this guy went across me and like, yo, fuck you, yo, CNN, blah, blah, blah. And he got closer. And he's like, oh, it's city paper guy. I didn't even recognize you, man. <laughs> There's no, but because people, people get used to seeing you wearing a certain thing. And it's almost like a uniform in, in a good way, you know. So they... They know right away with my hat and the thing. They know exactly who I am and, and what it's about without being like, oh, who, you know, who's that guy? Because it just changed, you know, and it's it's just a, it's just a steady thing, you know. Yeah. So it, it's always the black T-shirt. It's always the, 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 the vintage Oriole 90s with the with the orange brim baseball hat um, and, then, and my cameras and jeans. Like that, that's pretty much it. You know, and, and I, I wear uh, like shoes wise. I mean, I wear Vans. I got Van, Vans are really nice. I don't like wearing those like, okay, I'm going to go off on this real quick. New Balance, right? <laughs> there is a weird ass Venn diagram of New Balance shoes between like MAGA Nazis and the hip hop community. <laughs> because I'm telling you, man, anytime you go to one of these rallies, all these old white guys, with their guts and their pagers, they're all wearing New Balance, right? They're all wearing New Balance. And then, like, Shay, you know, Shay just did a whole thing with New Balance. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's that community. And then there's this other, you know, I was at January 6th at the Capitol. And um, all they all had New Balance on. 
Mm. I don't wear that. I, I don't. I don't. You know, those big old man nurse, like they're like nurse shoes, big old man shoes. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, as long as you know, as long as it's comfortable. But yeah, that's my aesthetic is just a black t shirt and baseball hat, nothing else usually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I tried to have the one where it's just like I tried to do all black Carhartt for a while and, and like Doc yeah. Martens, and I was like, eh. and then I found that I was even breaking my own aesthetic thing, and I was like, because. Yeah. You know, you've see, you've met me in person. You've seen me in person. Yeah. Not too many people do that, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I'm very hard to miss. So mm. it's like, oh, who's that large guy over there? So I was like, this is not yeah. going to blend in. At well, all. See, people need to see you. They don't need to see me. <laughs> they don't need to see me. You, you're, you're out there. You're a personality, man. You're out there. You know. So yeah. I used to have, like, I used to wear. I, I have, I have vintage. It's, it's weird. Like, so I didn't wear my baseball hat. And my shirt to Freddie Gray's funeral. You know, it was a funeral, so I, you know, dress up a little bit, a tie, and I have a, I have like four vintage leather '70s jackets that I wear. Wow. Yeah. Um. It's it's hard to find. I you know I had a hard time finding ones for like people like our size, like bigger guys. But I got I got like four of them. So I wore that, and that's when I got pepper sprayed and shot at with the rubber bullets. So so you didn't you didn't see me in the baseball hat and the and the and the, the green. You know the green army jacket and the black t-shirt it was at one time i didn't have time to go home and change so i ran right after the funeral you know and i'm out there in shirt and tie and uh and a leather jacket you know my my, my shaft jackets so that's kind of it for the, okay, uh, for the cool. podcast so what, what i want to do is one thank you for being on the pod again no uh, thanks for having me i really and, appreciate it yeah 100 percent and uh, and secondly, um, you know, in those sort of this is the plug moment. Uh, where can folks uh, get the book, website, social media, all of that good stuff? Yeah. So um, the publisher is Nighted Life, N I G H T E D, Nighted Life. dot com. Um, it will be in bookstores. It will be in um, greedy Ivy, greedy Atomic, Snug Books up in Hamilton. Um. I'm missing one. Anyway, um, oh, the, the Baltimore Museum of Art bookstore will be there. So, it, you know, it'll be around. There'll, there'll be some events around it. Um, you know, Greedy Reads is having their annual. Um, and actually, man, I mean, if you ever want to do like a live broadcast, like a live podcast, they, they have that book festival every year right across from 29th. Yeah. Next yeah. To Brothers. Yeah. Because yeah, all the authors are going to be there that whole weekend. It, it's the Lost Weekend Festival. Um, bird in hand will have some you know so it'll be it'll be out and we'll be doing events around it and there you have it folks i'm going to again thank jm giordano for coming on to the podcast and sharing a bit about 1323 and art and activism in baltimore and i'm rob lee saying that there's art culture and community in and around baltimore you've just got to look for it (laughs) 